It's Thursday, July 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Indians are getting ready to start the second half of the season, 75 games left, and uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty uh, ahead. Uh, you know, the, this season could probably go several different directions, depending on how the guys play in the upcoming next couple of games here in the next couple of series. Uh as, as we head towards the trade deadline, we've got a lot to talk about, but uh, I thought we'd spend the first few minutes of, uh, of today's podcast just looking back over the, the events and, and really, you know, what happened in the first half of the season that really sort of shaped, the, you know, this, this 2020 campaign or 2021 campaign. Uh, first off the bat, uh, let's just talk about the, the proliferation of no hitters in the year of dominance. Uh, by pitchers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the Indians uh, were victimized by uh, by that like three times, twice officially and once uh, unofficially, a special achievement unofficially. So, I mean, uh, Joe, just uh, the dominance of the pitchers, especially early, especially when, you know, sticky stuff was, uh, you know, un- unregulated, I guess is the, is the way to say it. You know, uh, they really dominated the game. Seven no-hitters, I believe, uh, tying the, uh, you know, tying the record for a single season. And we saw it up close and in, uh, in person. You saw it in Chicago. I saw, and we both saw it at home, uh, you know, Chicago against uh, Carlos Rodon and, um, against, and at home against Cincinnati's Wade Miley. Yeah, and – you know, it was such a, a storyline in the first half of the season that Major League Baseball had to actually, you know, change the way it, it, it operates. And they, they had to start inspecting pitchers coming off the mounds. And, and uh, you know, that, that's a significant shift. You, you think back to the way the, that baseball was in the, the late 90s and early 2000s in the steroid era. And, you know, things were just allowed to go unchecked and, and run rampant and change the game that way. Uh, Major League Baseball actually stepped up and, and did something about, uh, you know, the integrity of the game and, and, and just tried to sort of preserve things that way. Yeah, and they took criticism for that. You know, uh, lots of people, especially baseball people, felt, you know, that they, they should have waited to the end of the year or, or really enforced it at the start of the year. They didn't like uh, like the fact that it was done at midseason. You know, pitchers, uh, you know, blamed their injuries on, on a lack of uh, sticky stuff. They, they had to change the way they pitched, change, you know, their grips on the, on the baseball, but Joe, I think they got it done. They got their point across and uh, what one guy has been caught Mm -hmm. since the crackdown began. And uh, so the message was delivered. Definitely. All right. Uh, Number two on storylines that that sort of shaped the first half of the season uh, injuries for the Indians. Uh, if I told you that at the All-Star break, the Indians would be 45 and 42 uh, in second place in the division, you'd probably say, okay, I'll buy that. But if I told you that they would get there without having Fran Mil Reyes, Roberto Perez, uh, Jordan Luplo for the most part, Josh Naylor, and then all three of their top three pitchers, uh, Shane Beaver, Zach Plesak, and Aaron Savali, all missing time in that first half, a significant time. Uh, due to injury, uh, I, I think you probably think I was a little crazy for, for saying it, but uh, that's the case. The Indians managed to keep the ship afloat uh, despite all of those injuries. 
And, and so now uh, they head into the second half of the season ready to sort of get some of these guys back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a, uh, I don't know, Joe, you know, they went through that nine game losing streak at uh, just about the break and you thought, okay, this is it. You know, the, the, uh, the wheels are off and um, this is, you know, it's going to be a bobsled ride to hell from here on out. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, they kind of righted themselves. Kansas city came to town at the right time. They won three straight going into the break and uh, they've got Zach Plesak back. Uh, the question is, when do they get Aaron Savali and Shane Beaver back? Now, I think from what I've heard, you know, Savali is on a faster path or a quicker path to get back into the rotation. Beaver still questionable. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's throwing, uh, you know, over the break, if he picked up a baseball at all. But, uh, you know, we know Savali has played catch. We know he's about, you know, start throwing off the mound. <clears throat> Beaver, however... I still think it's a, a matter of uh, mid-August to late August. Yeah, I, I think Beaver's the one that they have to be the most cautious with and they have to take the most time with, uh, so certainly. But, but getting Fran Reyes back, uh, you know, was, was certainly a, 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 a sort of an injection of life into the offense a little bit. Uh, yeah, it, it, it all could come together if all these guys come off of the injured list and come back and start contributing. Uh, it, it, it might uh, – it you know, who knows what, what, what it can result in. Uh, the Indians, uh, another storyline for them in the first half, uh, their walk-off hits, uh, walk-off plate appearances, walk-off uh, wins uh, at home. Uh, always an, an exciting moment uh, when that happens, at, regardless of, you know, what ball game it is. Uh, through the first half of the season, the Indians are tied for the AL lead with seven walk-off wins. Uh, we saw it on back-to-back -back nights with Fran Mill Reyes and Bobby Bradley hitting walk-off home runs. Uh, Cesar Hernandez has a walk-off home run from earlier in the year. Just uh, a lot of excitement generated when this is a team that since the beginning of the year has really played like no matter what the score is, they never feel like they're out of a game. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is a, you know, just to be, to be blunt, Joe, this is a bad offense. This is, you know, a bottom of the barrel offense and the fact that they can rally that they, uh, have that energy late in the game that they don't, they don't quit. They, as Tito says, they, they keep playing, you know, just keep playing. And, and I think, you know, every good team I've covered or every team that, you know, has a good heartbeat is a team that, that, that is able to, you know, muster walk off wins and that, that is able to, to get when, when a team doesn't do that, when, when a team is like, there's been a couple teams where, you know, you've had one, two, three, four walk off wins the whole season. You know, that, that, that's a team that, that you're wondering about. But, you know, you don't wonder about this team's heart or, or their effort in that in, uh, in that regard. Well, you remember back to that World Series team in 2016. I think they had, like, something like 12 walk-off wins, 12, 13 walk-off wins during the regular season. They were a team that, that definitely fought uh, that way. Uh, another storyline and another reason why you're able to stay in games and, and win games late, uh, the bullpen this year has been – uh, I guess beyond expectations is, is a, a good way to put it. Uh, James Karinczak and Emmanuel Classe at the back end of the bullpen, sort of splitting uh, the closers role and, and being used in a, in a variety of situations between the two of them. Uh, I think Francona has been pretty good at, at figuring that out. Uh, and also the, the resurgence of Brian Shaw and, and his sort of just rebirth and, and new life 
coming back to Cleveland after three years, you know, sort of wandering the desert in, uh, in Colorado. Uh, Brian Shaw, James Karinchak, Emmanuel Classe have, have carried this team uh, in, in the, the first half of the season. Do we expect them to do the same in the second half? Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Joe. And, uh, you know, the, a big burden was put on those guys. And you got to remember, Karen Check and Class A is a rookie. Karen Check's just, you know, removed from being a rookie. Shaw is 33 years old. He's already made, what, 39 appearances. Uh, you know, so I think they're going to get, they're going to need some help from the rest of that pen. They're going to need a Whitgren to, to kind of get, get back into form. And he's, he looked like he was, he was feeling, you know, trying to, just finding it toward the, you know, right going into the break. And Phil Maton, I thought has done a great job. You know, yeah. a ton of strikeouts. He's been put in some tough situations by Tito. Uh, and Tito has said this, you know, he's extended him maybe two or three batters too long. And, and it, just because, you know, of the, sh the short, the short starts they're getting. So, you know, and he's, and Maton's been burned in, the, in, in a, a couple instances, but he's been, great, you know, kind of a bridge guy with, with Whitgren. So, um, you know, but that, that back into the bullpen has been really, really good, Joe, but you wonder how, how are they going to hold up over these 70, these last 75 games? Yeah. If, if reinforcements don't, you know, somehow show up or, or you know, are, are able to take a little bit more of the burden off of these guys, uh, you might not see the same sort of results as you did in the first half. All right. Uh, uh, finally, the other storyline as uh, a storyline, we, we, we really didn't visit much during the, the first half of the season. Uh, you know, Tito's health, he missed most of all but 14 games last year. And, and that team really did sort of, you could tell they didn't have that Terry Francona club personality uh, that, that this year's team does. Uh, this year, he's, he looks like he's, he's doing pretty well. He's still walking out there in that that boot, but he, he makes it, makes it out to the mound and he, he, he doesn't seem like he's ever daunted by the, uh, the task at hand. No. And I think, you know, Sandy did, Sandy Alomar did a great job, you know, in the 2000 filling in for, uh, for, for Tito, you know, when Tito was having the, uh, you know, the, the health problems, but they're, they're a better club with, with, with Terry Francona in the dugout. That's what he gets paid to do. That's what he's good at. And uh, I think his presence his ability to, um, you know, not, not panic, you know, not, not hit the, uh, the parachute, you know, not to hit the ripcord as whenever there's, there's bad news, you know, coming down the pipe. And, uh, and there's been a lot of it in that first half with Beaver and Savali and Plesak and Reyes, all the injuries they had been being no hit three times, but they, they kind of, you know, he just, he he just says, you know, we'll figure it out. And, you know, that kind of attitude, you know, leaks down to the ball club. And, and, you know, I think that's why they're able to maintain that, that day-to-day, you know, competitiveness. And, you know, don't forget Terry Francona is actually, he, maybe one of the reasons why he's not pulling the ripcord yet. He, he did skydive a couple of years ago during spring training, <laughs> got experience with it. So he might know the, the right time to pull the cord and when not. To. Yeah, right. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext. 
get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans, so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, looking ahead to the second half of the season, uh, there are a, a lot of questions and a lot of things that the, the Indians are going to have to deal with here. Uh, you mentioned in a, in a post that you put up on the website, uh, the, the name uh, situation. Uh, that's going to come up because Paul Dolan said, hey, if we don't have things figured out by midseason, we might have to kick it, you know, to another year. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're working on it. Uh, I think um... – from what I've heard that, you know, every time they kind of make some headway, you know, there's another legal problem kind of jumps up that the branding, you know, the, the, the rebranding, the renaming of a franchise, that it's, uh, it is, uh, you know, really kind of a, a, a lot of red tape. Uh, but, you know, it's, I don't know, Joe, it seemed to me that when they made that announcement in June, um, that, you know, they went through the process, they talked about, you know, whittling down the, the, the list of names it seemed like they were, they had a pretty good grasp on it. What, what did you think? Yeah, I kind of got that feeling and, you know, and telling, telling us that there's a list out there of, you know, preferred candidates, uh, that kind of thing. Just, I I think they know where they want to go and it's just um, the matter of getting through the red tape to get there. Um, It would, it would surprise me if they did have to kick this to another year and, and not make the change until 2023. Uh, I, I do think the change is coming. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what the next step in the process is, when the announcements will be and all that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that they, they know where they're going with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, second storyline, we're sort of looking forward and, and following for the second half of the year. Uh, reinforcements. Uh, who's coming back? Who's coming up? And who's going to help give this Indians roster uh, a shot in the arm to, to get through this second half and, and into the playoffs. You know, they already sort of uh, got that with Bobby Bradley when they promoted him earlier uh, in the season. Uh, but you're also looking at all these pitchers with injuries. We mentioned Shane Bieber, uh, Zach Plesak's already back, Aaron Savali, a candidate. So, uh, you know, once these guys are, are able to come back, and now you've got Eddie Rosario, you know, whether or not he's going to be able to come back sooner on the uh, – 
off the injured list as well. Uh, there are spots where either those injured players or the guys right behind him in the minors are, are ready to come up and, and make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching the box scores uh, from Columbus. Yu Chang is, is starting to swing the bat pretty. He's, hit, he's homered in, in two straight games. You know, so he's starting to swing the bat a, a little better. I don't know how he can, if, is he, a, you know, do you interchange? I, I don't know how he helps you right now. To me, it seems like he and Ernie Clement are, are pretty yeah. much the same guy. Maybe, maybe you interchange, you know, if Ernie goes into a slump, maybe go, you know, you, you bring Yu Chang up and uh, just try to, you know, you know, get, you know, get, you know, incrementally improve the ball club. Uh, uh, starting wise, uh, you know, could we see uh, uh, Henkis back, you know, maybe in the bullpen role? You know, he, he, he made his first appearance in, in, uh, in Columbus as a reliever. You know, uh, Brad Peacock got knocked around. So I don't know, you know, he gave up nine runs in about two-thirds of an inning or two-thirds, wow. three innings uh, in Columbus. Uh, they've got uh, J.C. Uh, Mejia down there pitching, made a start, but that did not go so well. We, you know, he, uh, he gave up four hits, all home runs, seven runs. He's scheduled to start, rejoin the rotation in uh, Houston and start Monday night. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's a cast of characters if, if they delve into the minors that, that we know, you know, we've seen before. Right. Yeah. There are, there are some, there's some familiarity there. And as, as far as how they're going to patch this rotation together until they do get Savali back until, you know, moving forward the possibility of getting Bieber back, uh, who knows? Uh, you, you mentioned Brad Peacock. That's uh, right now sounds, sounds kind of iffy, sounds kind of risky, whether or not that's a, a possibility there, but Sam Hench just might be an option or uh, the other storyline that we're following here. Another one, number three would be uh, a trade. Could the Indians add an arm, add a veteran starter, add somebody out there who could, could come in and, and join the rotation that way. Yeah. You know, I think that's a possibility. The, the deadline is coming up uh, July 31st and you, uh, you know, laid out some uh, potential trades. Why don't you talk about them? Yeah. I, I think that the foremost likely candidates probably uh, at least the definite, the top two would be Cesar Hernandez, who's already, you know, reached his career high in, in home runs this season. Uh, he could be an attractive piece, you know, sitting on a gold glove, although his defenses look kind of shaky a little bit this year. Uh, Eddie Rosario's on the injured list, but again, he's not necessarily making a boatload of money uh, the rest of the way. And he could be a, a bat that uh, a team would value, a contending team might value and, and might want to sell off uh, a, a starter. You know, who knows if they can get, get a, 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 prospect in return but you're looking to add pieces that are going to make an impact now for the Indians you, you're not necessarily wanting to build for the future uh if you if you're trading those guys although <laughs> who knows what what their record will be uh the other two guys I mentioned that could actually you know bring back some value would be Brian Shaw the way he's pitching right now uh a contending team might need him yeah. and uh you know Roberto Perez whose contract is quite manageable for uh, an elite catcher who you know brings great defense and and pitch calling uh, ability uh, a contending team would definitely need uh either one of those two guys those are great points those are guys i had not thought of but uh, you know they're both on one-year deals 
both, you know, have postseason experience. Um, yeah, that that's uh, that makes sense to me. And and Eddie Rosario, if he gets healthy, I mean, it's another guy with postseason experience could help you. Could help a contender down the stretch. He he's been there. He's done that. So yeah, yeah the only the most logical place for Eddie Rosario would be a place like New York uh, for the Yankees. <laughs> but you know, Eddie Rosario wants no part of being in Yankee Stadium uh, for a playoff game because I don't think he he does he does very well there. Yeah, but he'd be, he wouldn't be playing for the Twins this time. He'd be, yeah, he'd be wearing be three stripes, sure. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, if they make a deal like that. <laughs> All right, second half storyline. Uh, as far as, you know, the you, you have it here as a growth spurt. You know, Bobby Bradley coming up from AAA Columbus. Uh, just the uh, the prospects and, the, you know, what, what, the, it's, what, the, what does the second half of the season hold for Bobby Bradley? Can he continue this hot streak that he's been on and, and become a sort of a cornerstone piece for this Indians franchise. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's kind of a, a spotlight guy for me in the second half, Joe. I mean, he's come up, he's, he's done everything they, they could, have, could have expected. You know, I love the fact that he, he goes to left field, left center field, and he does it with power. You know, we didn't see that two years ago when he came up. So, I mean, this guy has, you know, has learned. He's, he's learned his craft, or you can, you can tell he's, you know, that, that the wheels are spinning up there and, you know, he's doing the right things. And, and another guy I would put in that category is Tristan McKenzie, you know, based on his uh, last start right before the break, seven scoreless innings. The fact that he's, you know, kind of ridden that roller coaster five times between Cleveland and Columbus, you know, that's a hard way to learn, but, but, you know, you do learn in, in that process and he's in the rotation coming out of the break and let's see what he does. Yeah, Bobby Bradley owns 156 minor league home runs. I think uh, there's a lesson in each one of them, and and he's come up here and, and, and shown that maturity uh, and and just the, the approach, I think, has been really excellent. Uh, Want to see that continue through the second half of the season all the way through September, and, and you know, good things could be in store for him uh, as well. And, and like you said with Tristan, I think Tristan might take a – he might have a few more missteps maybe, but, uh, you know, just being in the rotation coming out of the break is, is probably a good, a good thing for him. Finally, uh, last uh, sort of storyline that we'll track for the second half of the season here. Um, double headers and the, <laughs> the problems and, and opportunities they present. Uh, Rob Manfred said that the, the seven inning double headers could be going away uh, for next season. But right now, uh, it really is sort of uh, an advantage for the Indians who, who don't necessarily have a lot of frontline starting pitchers to, to roll out there. So it's, it, it helps these young guys. They only have to go, you know, three, four, you know, maybe five innings in, a, in an outing. Yeah, they've got what? Starting on uh, September 14th, they play three doubleheaders, uh, seven inning doubleheaders in the span of 10 days. You know, they've got the Twins, uh, the Royals, and the White Sox in those double dips. And there's seven innings, like you said, Joe. And, you know, the thing uh, that always saved teams in, in, in the past in, when, the, when they would schedule doubleheaders in September is the rosters would expand. Uh-huh. You, know, you could expand them to, you know, 40 players. Now you can only expand them to, by two, you know, the last two years. So that, you know, your 26-man goes to 28-man. And then you can add a, add an extra guy 
you know, for the double header, but still, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see how they navigate those three double headers. Yeah. You know, a couple of extra guys for those September uh, uh, double headers might, might be helpful. I, I think, but Tito had the experience of, you know, back to back seven inning double headers and earlier in the season. So I, I think he, he'll have a, a, a good grasp on what he wants to do and who he hopes to get through innings. Don't forget in, in a couple of those games, you, you're talking about guys uh, with the one game they were getting uh, the Lavarnway, the, the backup catcher uh, ready to pitch. Yeah. He was getting ready to pitch, you know, and then they decided to come back in the game. So he, uh, he, he had to send him back down, but uh, I think Tito has a, a pretty good grasp on, on how to get through those and, and manage and navigate his way. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, Hoinsey's going to jump on a plane and get out to Oakland. And we start the second half of the season uh, out there on the West Coast. Uh, late games, always a lot of fun. Uh, Hoinsey, we look forward to hearing back from you. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.